0: Just letting them know there's translation here. If you understood that, then you probably don't even need translation, right? <laughs> well, you know, uh, it's been an exciting time to be, uh, for us now, my wife and I, we've been in the ministry now almost four years. Four years. I was hoping to make it one year. And going, okay, God, you're in control, I'm not. But, you know, it's been amazing to uh, be... Uh, a part of something that God really has put in my heart a long, long time ago. And now to be able to, to be doing it, it's really a dream come true. And uh, for many of you, I know there's quite a few of you that were a part of my life that believed in me. And that's the reason why I'm here. Uh, because you believed in me, because you prayed for me, and because I allowed God to work in my life. Amen? Uh, I'm able to be here now. But what an exciting time. I'm very grateful to the uh, Stevenson's for allowing me to be here to preach the word. Amen. Uh, and just excited, excited to be here with everyone. You know, uh, the lesson tonight, uh, I'm sure you, hopefully you worked off that turkey. You know, turkey that makes you sleepy. So maybe you're still working that off a little bit. I still had turkey yesterday. I think I'm done. And I like to clean the bones. So I was there warming up the turkey again and cleaning off the bones. Because I like to clean up the bones. and uh, But I think I've had enough turkey for now. Time to move on to other birds and other, other animals, right? <laughs> well, the lesson for tonight is two things that hold us back. And, uh, you know, uh, when you think about things that hold you back, there's a lot of things we can think of. There's a lot of things that uh, can go through our minds, through our hearts, and what we... We think about, but there's always things that hold us back. And it's always trying to figure that out, what it is. And, you know, we've been, uh, uh, for the staff and for a lot of the brothers, that that, uh, really we want to change our focus next year, really being able to give to the poor and and really be a church that is involved with the community and that we're really serving and giving. And uh, uh, we all read a book called The Hole in the Gospel. And I don't know if some of you have read it or some of you are reading it, But it's really a book that's really convicting. And it really helps your heart to really start thinking about others and to stop thinking about yourself. And and without intentional, uh, you start doing that. You start to think about yourself and not about others. And, uh, you know, for me, reading that book really just changed my heart, my perspective. Of I really got to start thinking of others and what else I can do for the poor. And uh, today, the lesson comes from there. And, And it talks about, again, just two things that hold us back. And let me put this a little bit in perspective. There are two things that hold us back from giving our 100% to God. Do you guys agree? Have you ever been a part of a team or have you ever been a part of the military? Any of you guys been a part of a team or military? I think most of us at some point in our lives have been a part of that. What is the first thing you have to decide before you commit to something like this? Are you willing to give your 100%? And are you willing to surrender 100%? A little biased there with the Lakers, right? If you're going to join anything, the NBA's back, by the way. The NBA's back, amen? I know some people are excited, yes. If you're going to join anything like that, you've got to decide, am I surrendered? Am I willing to give 100%? And that's what happens when we join a team. They're going to ask you, are you going to be here for practice? Are you going to be here when we get together? Are you going to go over your notes? Are you going to, are you going to, are you going to? And that's the question we get asked. And I I think we have to always ask ourselves that question. Are you ready to listen to everything you're told to do? Are Are you willing to put yourself in the hands of the coach, or are you willing to put yourself in the hands of the sergeant? Because... The first thing that holds us back is surrender. It's really allowing us to not anymore be about us, to be a part of the team. The truth is that surrender is not easy. But without surrender, a soldier is not useful in the military. Agree? Military men and women. And an athlete is not useful to a team if he doesn't surrender. Because they're not a team and they can't win together. Well, just as a disciple is not useful for God if he doesn't surrender. See, a Christian is not useful for God if he does not surrender. If he doesn't give himself to God. Let's go to Mark eight thirty-four thirty-five. 35, amen? You know, we all have to learn this one way or another. We have to figure it out about surrendering, about giving ourselves to God. And it doesn't come easy at times. It takes a lot of time. But at some point, one point or another, you have to get it. Because if you don't get it, then it's hard to be a part of that team. Mark 8, 34 35 says, Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Well, whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. So what I preach about Jesus here is there's people following him. He wasn't just talking to certain people. He was talking to everybody. That includes all of us. says, you want to follow me, you have to be willing to give up everything you have. You have to carry your cross. See, back then when they carried their cross, they were submitting to the Romans' authority. And whatever they had to do, just as us, we have to surrender to Jesus, to God's authority, to be able for him to utilize us. Why is it hard to surrender to God? Why is it so difficult? Why do we wrestle with that? What holds you back from surrendering to God? Ask yourself that question. What holds you back from surrendering to God? You know, we don't want to sacrifice the things that we have to God. Because the things that we have begin to possess us. Right? And what are those things? It could be work. It could be material things. It could be money. Our communities, friends, our families. And for some families, for some parents, it's the children. And it holds us back from giving to God 100%. We cling to these things for what? For safety. For comfort. And even for happiness. They bring us some sort of happiness. You know, even though we know that true happiness comes from God. Therefore the things that we have become our idols and we know that anything we put before God becomes our idol. Jonah 2:8 says those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. See, before I came to Christ, I was married already. I had already a great job. I worked for Home Depot for 15 years. I had the house already at age 22. I already had a house at age 22. Who does that? Right? Because I wanted the American dream. By age 20, I was already married. Because in my pride, I said, you know what? I'm going to do it better than my mom and my dad. Because they just didn't do it right. I thought I could do it better. But see, I was still clinging to what I wanted to do. I wasn't clinging to God. I wasn't looking for God. I wasn't going to God. It was all about me. And at one point, what became my idol, believe it or not, it happens to some of us. It happens to uh, at least one point in our lives, our idol becomes our spouse. Or it could be that boyfriend or girlfriend. And it becomes our idol. I couldn't see anything beyond that. And you know, moms, mom know, moms know what's up, right? I mean, moms know. I remember moms going, son, I don't know. I don't think she's good for you. Mom, you don't understand. You don't know her. You, you're not around her. Mom, you don't, you don't know. No, she knew. Trust me, she knew. I didn't know. I thought I knew. But see, I didn't know. But see, I was clinging to what made me happy. I was clinging to what I thought was the American dream. Had the new car.
1: Had the house.
0: Had the wife. Had all the things I wanted. But I was still missing one thing. And that was God. And see, when you're missing God, no matter what you do, you're not going to feel it nothing's going to fill it. No matter where you make more money, no matter where you buy more houses, no matter where you have more friends, nothing's going to fill that void. And I tried. I really tried. I tried to fill it. But it wasn't working. So, you know, God can't give you the blessings He has for you until you first put down the other things you are clutching in your hands. What are you clutching in your hands that God won't, can't and can't get to you because you just won't let go. And I remember I just would not let go of the marriage that God had given me. I didn't want to let go. What are you clutching in your hands? I'm, besides the iPod and the cell phone, I'm not talking about that. I know the kids at times don't don't let that go, right? But what are you clutching in your hands? Yeah, we won't let God work. And you know what happened? I had to lose everything. I had to lose everything for me to finally go to God. I had to. Had to lose a house. Had to lose a marriage. Had to lose the cars. I remember having my house, being empty, and just being there by myself. And going, God, thank goodness my brother invited me to church. Where's my brother, Art? Art Polito. Invited me to church because he saw me. I was in misery. And he said, you need to come to church. And I was like, oh, come on. I mean, same old thing, same old people. Amen, the hallelujah stuff, sing some songs. You know, we all get, we get hurt at times with, with religious uh, people, with religious things. We, just, we get hurt. And, but you know what? I started to see my brother change. There's nothing like a testimony of a person changing from who they were to who they are, who they start becoming. And because it was changing, I decided to go to church. And my life after that hasn't been the same. And God has given me more, more than I can ask or imagine. A beautiful wife that loves God, amen? I don't get to lead not just one church, I get to lead two churches, amen? God's doing something there, he's helping me out. God's giving me friends. I can't even, I lose count at times. And, and, and at times I'm not a good friend because I forget to call them. I forget to say hi to them. And I forget because we're so busy and so everything. But it's because of many of you that I'm here. And I realize I did have to lose everything before I came to God. Well, you know what's another thing that holds us back? We should you let that go? You know what's another thing that holds us back? It's our insecurities. Well, I'm not tall enough. I'm not educated enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not spiritual enough. I'm a mess. I'm not good looking enough. I'm not thin enough. I don't have enough hair enough. I have sinned so much. God has forgotten about me. I'm a bad person. I'm not gentle. I can't be religious. I can't do the church thing. No, my favorite one is, I don't like organized religion. Right? We've heard that. So you like disorganized religion. Amen, brother. We let our feelings, our past get the best of us and think that God can't use someone like you. But God can one of the quotes that uh, Rick Warren says, if, if, only, if God only used perfect people, nothing would get done. God will use anybody if you're available. 2 Corinthians 12.9. 2 Corinthians 12.9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. See, Christ is made perfect in your weakness. I'm telling you, I would not be here if it weren't for Christ. I would not be here. Let's look, look, let's look at another person in the Bible that just would not have, been, would not have done anything if it wasn't for God. Go to Exodus 3, 9. We're going to look at Moses. See, if we think about Moses, he was a biological son of slaves. He was a murderer and a runaway adopted prince with a price on his head. Right? That's who he was. Exodus 3, verse 9. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. You know, a lot of us can relate with Moses. A lot of us don't want to go. You know, for me, when they asked me to lead the Spanish ministry, you know what my dreams were? That God would call me and say, "Sergio, you're doing such a great job. You're learning. You're growing. We need you on a mission team in a, in a foreign country. Because you know what? No matter what happened there, if my Spanish was bad, even if it was in Latin America, they would have grace for me because I would be like a foreigner, right? I was from the U.S., even though I had a Hispanic background. But no, God asked me to lead a Spanish ministry here in the U.S. And my Spanish ain't that great. All the Spanish I knew was the Spanish at home. How to ask for things, how to say things, how to do things, but my Spanish wasn't that great. I don't have a college degree. I didn't graduate from college. That's an insecurity at times. Thank goodness I look at the Bible and I see Jesus peaked all these guys that weren't educated. I say, amen. <laughs> I can do it too then. So can you. You know, I had a failed marriage. I messed up a marriage. I messed it up. And I said, you know what? I, I don't know if I can do this. I didn't want to do it here. There's different pressures here. You ask Latin brothers from Latin America that come over here and have tried to lead, they said this is very difficult to leave here. Why? Because there's so many cultures blended together. So many cultures. You go over there, it's one culture. People stay, they're there for years. Years. You can baptize grandma and, and grandma's grandma. Because everybody's there. They don't leave. See, but here everybody moves, everybody leaves. And people have different challenges because everybody came from somewhere else to be here in the Latin ministry. Everybody has suffered. Everybody has battled. Everybody has gone through perseverance just to be here. It's a little bit difficult. It's a little more challenging. And then to my shame, when I used to work at Home Depot and people would ask me if I knew Spanish, I would say No. So, you think about that, right? So, God's helping me out. So, He's like, no, 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 you're going to speak your language. Because that's what you know. And, you know, I thank God that He put in my heart to be in the Latin ministry. So, I would not want to be anywhere else. I love my Latin people, my family's there, my friends are there. Uh, it's, it's just a, a beautiful culture. And, and I'm so grateful that I can now speak a lot better in Spanish. And the brothers from other ministries that know Spanish very well don't correct me as much. But, you know, I'm so glad I get the help. It can be better for God. But see, our insecurities will hold us back. There's a reason why Moses says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? But Moses had the heart. He had just killed somebody because he was tired of them pushing his people around. He had the heart to defend his people. But he didn't think that he could do it. See, Moses insisted on whining and arguing with God. He insisted. And you know what? Can you imagine arguing with God and making excuses? But God, you don't understand. Are you kidding me? But you know what? At times we need more than that. Moses did not want to go, and Moses did not want to leave his comfort zone. He didn't want to leave his comfort zone. He was good. He was moving sheep around. He married uh, into a rich family. You know, he was doing good. He was doing good. But God was calling to do something bigger. You see, God's always wanting us to do something bigger, something better, something more than we can imagine. Moses did not want to go. You know, I think about we have we have people like that in our ministry that are willing to go anywhere, any place, anything. I think we should all have that heart, amen. amen. But I, I'm really encouraged by some of the people that are in our ministries that are not on staff that, that are willing to move, that are willing to help out, and it makes me think of the Plymels who, who came, left their home, and now they're here in Long Beach to be near the ministry, to shepherd, and to be around. That's awesome. That's the kind of heart where you get out of your comfort zone. You know, we asked the Acevedos, Lugo and Connie, who have moved once before from San Pedro, from South Bay, to come over to MLA when it first started 11 years ago. And now we asked them again if they could move with us to, to the MOE ministry uh, to help us shepherd that group. Because we need just some shepherding couples. And guess what? They said, hey, we'll go where we need to go. And as Ugo's friendly line is, it's the wild kingdom, bro. I'm ready to go. Come on. Come on. Wow. 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 You know what It doesn't matter how old you are. God can use you. Yes. God can use you. Put your insecurities aside. Put your insecurities away. I'm telling you, I would not be here. I would not be here speaking in front of you. I would not be doing any of this if it wasn't for God. You know, and it's tough because at times we have a hard time, and I think we can all agree, at times we even have a hard time just serving in kids' kingdom. And, you know, kids' kingdom, it's our own kids. I don't have any kids in there now, but when I have my kids you better want to go take care of my kids So I'm going to take care of your kids. And some of who have kids do want to go in there and watch kids. We need to get out of our comfort zone, guys. We need to get out of, you know what, let's just be here. We're a family. Let's help each other. Let's serve each other. Let's make God great together, amen? Because that's what it's about. We had at least a few other couples come from MLA and go ahead and move over To the MOE ministry. Why? They want to serve God. They want to give to God.
1: You know, I can't ever say
0: enough about one of the the families we converted a while back, and, and that's the Galvan family. The Galvan family is always working, always serving. Most fruitful group in MLA. They just have a heart for God. They just want to serve, they just want to give. And I think that's what God wants from us surrender, don't be insecure. Let God use you. You know, and I appreciate everything Kids Kingdom does. I really do. I uh, was asked to do Kids Kingdom uh, with the uh, the regional Latin ministry. And not only that, I was, was going to speak for 10 minutes. So uh, I said, okay, I've never done it, one. Two, they asked me to put together uh, Kids Kingdom for, you're talking about, it's a Latin ministry, okay? It, it almost matches most of the time the membership. It's pretty close most of the time. There's 100 members, about 100 kids. So if there's 1,300 members in the Latin ministries, there was probably close to 1,000 kids. And let me tell you, I could not sleep the night before. I want to make sure everybody was in the class. I want to make sure everybody needed what they needed to be. That really got me out of my comfort zone. I remember telling the brother, "Uh, bro, I'm really having a hard time with this. I'm also speaking too, you know. He's like, yeah, I know, bro. He didn't say, oh, let me take it from you. (laughs) He's like, hey, remember, I'm going to send you some more stuff. Yeah, go ahead. But there's times we just got to get out of our comfort zone. Because if we don't, we don't grow. And, you know, I can do, I'll be able to do that next time and be a little bit more at ease. But it's a lot of work. I really appreciate all the teachers that go in there willingly, all the coordinators. It's just incredible what you do every Sunday, day in, day out, just doing it, taking care of the kids. It's awesome, guys. You know, Moses got a sign. Let's go to Exodus 4, 1 through 3. I don't know what kind of sign you need, but we all will get a sign. Trust me. Exodus 4, 1-3 says, Moses answered, What if you do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. You know, and God did other miracles to convince Moses. And that still did not do it. You know, God's going to use whatever He needs to use to convince you that He can use you. No matter your weaknesses, no matter your qualities, no matter where you're from, no matter where you're born, no matter if your parents were together, not together, all that doesn't matter. What matters is that God wants to use you, each and every one of you. And you know, God's going to use people, God's going to use situation, God's going to use circumstances to call you. You know, you've got to be willing to say, okay, God is talking to me here. At times we miss it and we don't see it. God used a burning bush for Moses. And it's cool. Can you imagine a burning bush? I mean, to go by it, near it, and go, wow, it's not burning. And he, t- you know, by ready to touch it. You know, and he's like, wow, and it just attracted him to it. I don't know what God's going to use in your life to call you. But trust me, he's calling you. He's asking you. He's telling you, you can do more. Why? Because I'll be with you. And it's amazing because at times we get into bad accidents and we don't realize it's God calling our attention. At times we get into bad relationships and we don't realize it's God calling your attention. At times we get into financial crisis. Not because of the economy, because we just bought too much. God's calling your attention. And we don't realize it's time to change it up. It's time to go to God. You know, I didn't want to do things over again once I lost everything on my own. I didn't want to. I thought about it. I tried a couple of times. I said, this is not what I want. God was calling my my attention during that time when I lost everything. And I had a choice. I can do it over again my way or I can do it God's way. And I had to make that choice. I decided to go God's way, amen? I hope you decide to go God's way when you run into those difficult situations. Because if you do go God's way, trust me, you will not regret it. God will use you incredibly. God did not even interview Moses for his, his check his qualifications. He just wanted his obedience. He didn't want to know if he could do it, couldn't do it, what he's done, what he hadn't done. He just want to go, are you going to listen to me? Just like the first part of surrender, are you going to listen to me? Are you going to hear me out? Are you going to do what I ask you? You know, God just wants your willingness and your obedience to use you. That's all he wants. God will do the rest. God will do the rest. Isn't that amazing? That God will fill in the gaps no matter what happens. To me, that's encouraging. You know, we were here earlier, as we got here earlier, I was worried because there was no translation. And we were like, what what are we going to do? My wife's like, well, what happened? Well, somebody's going to bring it. They didn't bring it in. Where's the other person? He's not here. And I said, well, and my wife can worry a little bit more. And I was like, God, it's in your hands. That's it. I'm done. I'm not going to worry about it no more. And what happens? Somehow I got here. There's Jonathan translating, and everybody has translation right now. All I knew I had to do is I'm going to preach the word. That's all I'm going to do, honey. That's it. That's all I'm doing. God just wants your obedience. God just wants you to follow. God just wants your willingness and your obedience to use you. He will do the rest. You would think that would be enough, right, for Moses? Well, he needed a little more help. Let's go to Exodus 4 through 10. I think we always all need a little more help. Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past, nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is not I the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, Pharaoh, pardon your servant. Lord, please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses and he said, What about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you and he will be glad to see you. God already had another plan. God God wanted to use him because he had the right heart. You know, a lot of times we think we don't have the right heart. But you know, we're all here because we love God. We're all here because we want to do what's right. We're all here because we're searching and we're looking to get closer to God. Our heart's in there. We were all good people at some point. It was us that messed ourselves up. Or somebody might have helped us with that. But at the end of the day, we all have good in us. We all want to do good. We all want to do what's right. And God just wants to give us that help. You know, I appreciate that he had his brother Aaron to help him out. And Moses was eventually decided to go. But at the end of the day, for us, you know, Moses was unwilling because he felt inadequate and insecure. So he sent him with his his staff and with Aaron to speak for him. He didn't send him with one thing. He sent him with two things. To say, don't worry, Moses, I got your back. And I think most of us, Uh, we need to feel always that encouragement. You know, I I know I couldn't lead two ministries without my beautiful wife. You know, I know I couldn't lead the ministry if I didn't have great, incredible leaders in the Latin ministry that are experienced, that love God, that will do anything for God. I know I couldn't do it. And I know that God uses all situations in our lives so that we can get closer to Him. You know, I, I am very grateful uh, for what God has done in my life throughout all these years. I'm going to be 14 years as a disciple, actually 15 years as a disciple next year. And, 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 you know, I remember when I first got converted, I was just hoping to make it a year or two. You know, I, I didn't know what it all meant. All I knew is I wanted to obey God. And I wanted to do what was right. But God put those right people in my life to push me, help me, believe in me. And because of that, you know, I am here. God wants to use you in the same way. Let go of the things you're holding on to. Let God use you. Let him go. Let God use you. Let God do incredible things with you. And let him just show you what he can do. And don't be insecure. You know what? I would not be here. All those things that I read off, most of them was how I felt before I went into the ministry. Or before I even thought about becoming a minister. I was, There's no way God's going to use me. Add to that, I'm getting older. Age is always, you know, it's in the back of your head. I'm getting older too. But God will use you no matter what. Are you willing to be open to God's will for your life? Are you willing to be open to God's will for your life? Why did God make us? To love, to serve, and to obey Him. That's why God made us. Can you imagine if we all woke up every morning asking, How can I love? How can I serve? How can I obey God today? What a different world this would be. Let's go change the world. And let God use us as a light to the world. So we can make a big difference. You know, I had a few uh, practicals up here. Uh, if you want to put it, there you go. My first practice to you is give God a chance. Trust Him. I know it's scary because we can't see Him. But give God a chance. Trust Him. If you're already a Christian, if you're already a disciple, trust Him. Trust Him that He knows what He's doing. It's not a mistake. Wherever you're at right now, He knows what He's doing. He just wants you to get closer to him. Two, let the people God has put in your life guide you and teach you. That's the surrender part. Letting those people help you. You know, we can all learn from each other. No one is better than the other. We all have good qualities. We all have bad qualities. And three, ask God to lead you to serve and to give in God's kingdom in ways you have not done before. This is not over. We're not in heaven yet. We're here temporary, as Louis has said. It's only temporary we're here. Let's make the best of it. Let's enjoy it. Let's serve. Let's give. Let's change this world. You know what I'm saying? Let's make a difference. Yes. Why? Because God has given us great, great qualities that we can use for Him and put aside those things that we think God can't use us. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here today. I I, I just love being here. I, we got to do this more often. We got to let uh, the the Latinos and the güeros get together, have more time together, not be afraid of. Well, I, I don't know what to say to him or her, or I I don't know what to say to him. You know what? Just say hi, brother. Hi, sister. And just encourage each other because we all have great qualities in one another that God can use. I love you guys. Thank you for letting me be here. Let's have a great Christmas.